Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man in the Post season preview show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me is a Man in the Post semi-regular uh, and representing Chelsea, Mr Ryan Goodman. Ryan, how are you and how's your summer been? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too bad, thank you. Summer's been good. You know, I can't believe it's pretty much all already over. Um, but the good thing is, football's back. So, you know, we didn't have to wait that long. Um, you know, I'm coming off the, the big high of the uh, the Champions League win. So I'll make a beaver just for the season to start and see if we can kick on the same way. Yeah, I mean, the Champions League final win, going into the Euros, obviously you were quite a, an avid England fan over the summer as well, which was quite good. And then obviously you've had quite a positive summer, really. Um, that will come on to later. Um, but before we go on to the season coming up, I mean, you mentioned the Champions League win. I mean, talk about your season as a whole last year. and Now that the dust settled, how, how do you feel about it? Very good season, obviously, you, you know, you can't ever look at a Champions League winning season and think it was anything less than, less than great. You know, I think the whole Lampard leaving thing, I think, will always leave a, a bit of a, a sour taste in people's mouths just because it is Frank Lampard. There's not much they, um, they can do about that, but I think Tuchel's done a really good job at, uh, you know, enduring himself to the fans and making sure that, I mean, I, I think, one thing is, I think he obviously came in and made us a lot more defensively solid. Uh, but, you know, we, we didn't have that same attacking edge that we potentially had with Lampard. So, you know, there was that times last season where it was really entertaining to watch. And then there was a lot of times where we weren't very good to watch. Um, but we got the results. So you have to balance it out between wanting to be entertained and, and watching your team do well. So, I mean, it's difficult to, to review the season because it is... As corny as it is, a story of two seasons in in a way. You know, the first half under Frank, and then the second half under Tuchel. You know, they were very different things. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a proper tale of two halves, as as, as you say, as corny as it is. But um, when even when Tuchel took over, no one could have almost envisioned uh, what was to come for Chelsea. No one could have expected them to get to the Champions League final, let alone win it in the end. Um, which I'm so delighted that you did over um, the team you beat in the final. There's something nice about them still not winning a Champions League um, and then forking out more money to continue on their quest yeah. for dominance. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, yeah, no one would have expected us to beat Real Madrid and I think that in the way that we beat them so convincingly as well. Um, that, that's probably the best tie almost of the season, apart from the final itself. Um, because I think that final we actually dominated Manchester City. I think they had a couple of chances, um, but generally I thought we were the better team that night anyway. And I think that Real Madrid game showed 
what a good team we can be. And I think with the right striker, which I know we'll come on to uh, in a bit, you know, we could be a real force. Well, let's just use that as the perfect segue hmm. going to the to the summer window. Chelsea obviously spent a lot of money last year, which is the talk of our talk of the football and world, really. They had much money um, they spent, but I, I mean, I mentioned it last year, and I think you you somewhat agreed as well. As, as much as you were glad the players came in, there was no real identity of why they were buying them. You know, there was no real like system in place as such. You know, it just seemed to be buying players because they were available, all very good players. Um, so there's no issue with that. This year, there's been a almost a different approach. You know, the, yes, they're going back on a player, obviously, we'll talk about. But the biggest thing Chelsea have been crying out for was like that goal-scoring striker. Obviously, Werner did a Werner did a good job last year. Um, he, I think he gets a lot of stick. He wasn't scoring the goals, which technically, I guess, is his job. But he played somewhat well in most games. Um, but obviously, the, the, the major signing this year, coming in who looks to almost certainly confirmed I think I don't think it's official it's it's not official yet Um, so we'll touch we'll touch wood on that but yeah I think yeah I think you're right about last season I think the stories that we've seen and and heard about as well in terms of Lampard at the time he wanted pretty much it was Rice, Cheerwell and Havertz um, were the players from from most accounts that he wanted and anyone else um you know, was a bit of a an additional or or a board purchase. I think Werner was definitely a board purchase. Um, but I think most signings, I think, you know, looked at relatively positively. And you're right, Werner. I think the the problem with Werner is he, he he missed. He personally missed a lot of chances. But the the way that he adds to Chelsea's tactics in terms of, and I think when you know the new striker. Um, comes in will be very much his role will still be in the same team and he you know he'll still have those opportunities to score I think the burden will be off him somewhat but the way that he's able to stretch defenses with his pace I think is something that's invaluable to us and I think that's what he really offered us last season he just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net although he, he still managed to get quite a few goals and assists uh, when it was all was said and done um, just not on the levels that you would have expected yeah, I mean, I think we can mention the striker, as you say. I think it's all done. Don't, let's not jinx it, Ali. Come on, now, it's fine. I'm quite happy if it's jinx, personally, because I do think it's it makes you a very, very dangerous team. I think without him, I think you're definitely top four. If you add Lukaku, who, who is looking likely to be, I think you're you're then bona fide title contenders, um, like no doubt at all. Um, and as you say, Werner will complement him very well. Um, aside from Lukaku, once it's finally passed, have you signed anyone else, like first team wise, like for getting youth, etc.? Uh, we, we signed. Uh, I can't even. I can't even remember how to say his name. He's Bet Betnelli or Betnelli. Uh, right. I say he's a first team. He's he's replacing um, Caballero. Okay, um, right. So yeah, I think that we are only signing at this point. Um, I know. I think um, the, the rumours are still that it's going to be uh, Kunde from yeah, uh, Sevilla. Yeah. Sevilla, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know at this point if if he's really what we need. And I think actually, you know, we're talking about strategy in terms of transfer windows. We get linked to a lot of players, and the unfortunate reality with Chelsea Football Club is that we sometimes buy for the sake of buying. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know that we've seen some central midfielders 
linked and you just think, well, Billy Gilmore's gone out on loan. We've still got Loftus-Cheek in the squad, so, you know, how do we get him in? You still think we've got people like Danny Drinkwater and Bakayoko on the books. And there actually seems to be a concerted effort this season to let players go, which is something that we've not really seen before. It's always been, right, we'll send them out on loan, we'll send them out on loan. Um, But we've seen quite a few coveted youngsters leave um, Chelsea, mainly because they're basically seeing that there's no chance for them to get into the first team. I think a lot of them would have stayed around last summer because Lampard had this whole, um, you know, let, let's integrate a lot of the youth players, whereas Tuchel came in and instigated your Rudiger, your Jorginho's and everyone to the starting eleven. you know, at the expense almost of those players. So I think there's actually a bit of, bit of a strategy this summer to, you know, not not hold players back as much, let them go. And if we have to rebuy them like we are almost with Lukaku, then I think there's a lot of clauses in the, a lot of these transfers that's either a sell-on fee or, yeah, you know, a, a buyback. So we've, we've seen a lot of good youngsters leave, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, but it'll be nice to see them. A lot of them look like they're going to be walking straight into Premier League teams as well. So that'll be good. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you say, it's a, a different ethos from the Chelsea of old, where it would have just been just been loans and and or wasted really in in yourselves. Um, Gilmore, you mentioned obviously he's went. It's just a loan in Norwich, though, I believe. Yes, yeah, it's just a loan. Yeah, I think he he's definitely seen as one of those players that I think needs the minutes now, um, but would very much be in the plans next summer. Um, as would be um, Armando Broja, who's just gone to Southampton on loan. Uh, you know, a lot of these youngsters, which I think everyone thought was going to be maybe getting a chance this season, um, especially with Giroud leaving. Everyone looks, well, it looks very likely that Tammy Abraham will be leaving as well. So actually from a pure striker point of view, it might just be Lukaku on his own. Uh, I guess technically Batshuayi would still be around, but I can't imagine he's going to get any game time. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I think that um, his his days at Chelsea are almost unnumbered. Um, yeah, you definitely brought up uh, Abraham, um, and the latest rumour is Arsenal seem to be interested in him, um, which should be a, a strange one. But again, yourselves are no strangers to doing business with Arsenal, really. No, well, the ru- the rumours are that he, he wants to go to Arsenal because he wants to stay in London. Um, and it's a little bit of a weird one because he's always seemed to mug Arsenal off when he's played against them for us, actually. When he has played, he's he's given it the old drop for celebration and, you know, really going out of his way to mug them off in games. And so that that's a bit of a weird one. But the, the latest rumour is that Roma are interested in him and we've actually agreed a fee, apparently, um, with them already for a, a £5 million loan this season and then 35 million obligation to buy at the end of next summer which if we got 30 million for Abraham I'd be absolutely chuffed yeah I mean I was convinced that he was going to end up at Villa um, for 35 40 million this summer as well but obviously the the Danny Ings came out of nowhere really for that one and kind of all but scuffled that one but yeah I think Abraham needs to be careful where he chooses for his next move because he's almost got a couple of years where he needs to proper establish himself as a first choice now. Oh. I think actually Serie A is, could be a really good league for him yeah. in the same way that you look at someone how Lukaku went to Serie A you know, and, and tore the league up a little bit. Um, you know, I think there's definitely an opportunity for him and working under Mourinho, whatever you know people yeah. say about Mourinho, you know, 
he, he's seen as a good man manager in those parts of you, unless he's apart from when he's bullying people like Luke, Luke Shaw. Um, although, you know, very, very quick aside, actually, you know, that whole thing, Luke Shaw has never been a better player. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's so I'm sure I'm sure Mourinho would be taking credit one way or another. Um, Mourinho used to bully Hazard, and look what happened with him. So you know, yes, there's always silver linings. But yeah, I think Abraham. It's a sad. It would be sad to see him go. Um, but I think when you when you've got someone like Lukaku and you've got Havertz and Werner and that front, it, it, it's weird trying to look at our lineup because you've got Mount Pulisic. Havertz, Werner, Lukaku, you know, that's five people that are in theory going to be taking your front three. Yeah. So Pulisic isn't going to get into every game. You imagine Mount will, because he can play, you know, sort of anywhere in that midfield. Um, so we've got a pretty scary attacking lineup, and you think, you, you do look at uh, players that are on the outskirts at the moment and think, I don't know if you're going to get into this team or not. On that note, something I've not actually done on any of these preview pods because I've never had somebody with a squad like yours with a deck. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the league starts this this Saturday. If you're in charge, how what's your starting eleven? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I, I'd still probably stick with the the five at the back. Effectively, um, it'd be Mendy and Goal. I know Tuchel at the end of the season was preferring to play Reese James as a, as a right-sided centre back. I'd say sack that off. Reese James as your right wing back. Aspi, Silva, and Rudiger as your back three. I would imagine um, Benjo well on the left. I can't imagine that Marcus Alonso would actually get back into the team, but you never know um, because the rumours were that we were trying to get him included in the Lukaku deal. Um, you would imagine it would be Jorginho and Kovacic. As the two, just making sure to actually do it. <laughs> not say too many players. Uh, as the two in midfield, and then uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think Lukaku at this point in time, considering that it's you know Tuesday um, when we're recording this pod. I don't think the deal is going to get announced and he's going to be ready for Saturday. So you'd probably imagine it'd be Werner, Havertz, and Mount as your front three. Um, we've got the Super Cup uh, tomorrow night. So um, I think that'll be a good indication of who's going to play on Saturday and who won't. You think that's when the Lukaku announcement gets made? You know, uh, that time, just an uh, Yeah, I would Im- I'm imagining it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, I think Chelsea have been a bit sneaky on a so well, say social media uh, on the Chelsea app. They've sent about five different notifications out today, <laughs> um, and it's about like either Media Watch, which is their crappy little attempt to be smart. Um, and then things like, oh, confirmed transfer news for someone going out on loan. And everyone's like, that's not what, um, you know, that's not what we want. We want to see one announcement in particular. So I think they're trying to, they're trying to catch everyone out. I think tomorrow would make sense. You do it before the Super Cup, get a bit of a good ride and way of going into that. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the players, um, especially the English players, haven't really had much of a preseason. So I think, it just depends what Tuchel and his fitness guys are thinking in terms of who, who can actually play based on the amount of training they've had. Um, it can't, it's weird that the season's coming around this quickly, um, you know, because it doesn't seem like a lot of players have had much of a break or, uh, alternatively, a big pre-season. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I forgot the Super Cup was actually on so soon. Um, so that'll be a, an interesting one, as you say, almost... 
almost identify what the, the likely lineup for the weekend is going to be. Um, on the season, then, I mean, I mentioned obviously title contenders. If Lukaku signs almost certified top four without him, such. What's your prediction for the season? I'd like to think that we will be title contenders. Uh, it, it's very difficult to say at this moment. I think there's still a couple of potential transfer deals to happen around the league, which may or may not impact it. You look at someone like Kane to City, if that happens, do they suddenly become instant favourites again? Um, I think Grealish is a great signing for them, but is he going to be the one that confirms that, that you know, I think cause as a squad, we look great. I think you look at our stats from when Tuchel took over, and I think we created the most chances, uh, but we just didn't take them. So the theory being, if we've got someone that can actually take those chances, um, I think we've got a really good opportunity to to be that title contender. Maybe not, you know, taking it down to the wire on the 38th game, but I'd like to think we'll be in it pretty much up until the end where we can. Um, but I think Man City do look strong. They're, they're always going to be the favourites, but I think with Lukaku, and it works, I think, with that lineup, I, I can see, you know, Lukaku takes the ball down. It's very much going to be Drogba, almost yeah. Lampard and Balak, like, you know, Lukaku holding it up and Havertz and, and Werner or Mount, you know, um, running in behind uh, when he holds the ball up. So I think that we've got a really good chance of beating any team. I think the fact that we beat City every chance we had when Tuchel took over, uh, I think, suggests that we've got the right mentality to go in. It, it's actually the concern I have is not with beating the top teams. It's actually going to be beating the teams towards the bottom. Traditionally, we've always struggled breaking teams down. Regardless of who our manager has been, we've always struggled, and that's it's not whether we can beat your cities, United, your Liverpools. It's actually can we beat Newcastle? Can we beat a Brighton? You know, those are the games that we've actually struggled. You know, one thing I can say about the season is at least West Brom have been relegated, so we, you know that should be six points that we can gain six points. on last season. Oh, you lost both of them last year. We we, we lost both. Of them. I think we I can't remember the official aggregate score. Um, but I think it was about 9-2. No, what was it? I think it was about 9-4 on aggregate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that that's a good sign for our season that West Brom are no longer in the league. Because, uh, you know, we can we can probably get another six points. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny that you see the, the Drogba, Lampard, as such. Uh, I was speaking to somebody at work the other day and said the same about Lukaku and Mount. Um Mount could benefit from Lukaku being there more than any other player because he's so good at making those late runs into the box, those surging runs, very Lampard-esque as such. Um, I think Mount could have a very good season. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mount is the type of player that I think he he was our best player last season um, by a country mile in terms of... I think sometimes if you look at his pure stats or his pure numbers in terms of goals and assists, you know, I think he could be doing better there. Um, but you look at his chance of creation, I think not only that, but the passion that he shows. He's, he's a definite future captain. I think when Asper Equator finally decides to give the, the captaincy up, and, and I think it would go to Jorginho first, just out of almost common courtesy at that point. Um, but Mount's definitely third in line at that point in terms of if neither of them are playing, I, I think he'd be the captain um, because he, he bleeds blue, as it were. Um, He's the one telling people off on pitch. He's the one directing traffic. And if he adds to his numbers, he could have an absolutely phenomenal season. I think 
as you said, you know, I think he's the one that's going to benefit the most because he he's the one that can play great passes and great assists. He got the assist in the Champions League final to have it. So he's he's got so many abilities and for him to be able to yeah play off the knock-ons or the flick-ons from Lukaku, I think he, he could have a very, very good season. No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm, it really frustrated me. I think we spoke about it at the start of last season. The just I think it was all the comparisons with Grealish and Mount at the time. It was just ridiculous. Just enjoy both players for what we had. Um, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think Mount was far and away Chelsea's best player, most consistent player, everything last season. Um, just so important to, to how Chelsea played. Um, well, la- last lastly then, on the upcoming season is my, my three questions, Ryan. My three players I need from you. Your player of the year, a player to look out for. So obviously none of you are Lukaku, there's no point saying look out for Lukaku. Um, and then a, a fantasy football player, one for the, the fantasy football fans out there, a player you would recommend to, to do well this season. So I'd probably go for player of the year. I think I probably would go for Mount again. Um and I think Havertz could have a really big year. Yeah. Um, his confidence level is going to be through the absolute roof. Um, and I think, you know, he's got over COVID, he's, he's settled into the team and into the league. Um, so I think it'd be a toss up between the two of them for player of the year. The one to look out for, this is another toss up. Reese James, I think, will have another, will, will have a, a better season. Um, I think him getting shuffled around the defence a little bit hasn't helped. Um, but he is incredible at crossing the ball. And with someone like Lukaku, uh, I would not be surprised to see Reese James getting a ton of assists from um, the right-hand side, crossing in for Lukaku headers. I, I could see that happening a lot. I think Callum Hudson-Odoi is due a good season. I think he's almost under the radar a little bit because he hasn't had a ton of game time. Uh, but since Tuchel's sort of adopting him as a right wing back, I think there's a, a potential that he's going to come in and really impact games. Uh, you know, late on, substitute, bit of pace. I think he could have a, you know, if we're talking about players that we're not expecting to come in and hit, you know, shine the league, I think Callum Antonio could be that player. And then fantasy player. I would probably end up going for someone like, Jorginho, uh, and that's weird for me to say because I, you know, I think Jorginho is such a weird player because he can have so many good, he has so many good qualities, but he, he you know, he plays a certain way. Um, you look at his stats from last season. I think if we win a lot of penalties, which based on Werner and Havertz would be a big, a big option, I think Jorginho would probably pick up a lot of points from that perspective. Or you just go with the obvious and just go for Kante, who would probably get man of the match most times. The only my two surprise changes that I would do if I was picking your your players there, I would have had Werner as the player to watch out for. I think we're going to get a much better from Werner, not on playing because I think anybody who watches just Werner and doesn't judge on the whole goals and assists or he missed some very very easy chances. Like we can't can't hide from that. But I think he's going to have a much better, more Werner type season. And as far as fantasy prospect. It's hard to look past Lukaku, really. I think he might just be the the goal, like the hurricane of the season, really. I can see him scoring in every game. That the, the way he's rebuilt himself the last year and a half, two years, I think it is at Inter Milan now. Yeah, 
has just been has been phenomenal. But um, one one more player, um, just to give Chris his um, moment of glory that he wants. A player that you would drive from your club to anybody else. Just a player that you want out your club badly that you'd be willing to drive him there. Oh, Bakayoko, 100. <laughs> uh, you know, he's awful. I, I think I put it in the in the group chat. Um, I can't remember what friendly we played. I think it was the one. Against, it was the one against Tottenham. Um, we were in complete and utter control. Um, you know, the proper first eleven um, was just great. You know, Tottenham didn't offer anything, um, and I, I would I worry for them actually if they don't have Kane. I think they'll really struggle. But um, Bakayoko came on, and I've not seen a worse individual performance over 45 minutes since he got, since he since his last clangor against Watford. Um, he's on. He's he's terrible, and we paid 40 million for him. So we're never going to recoup that cost. I'd rather him just terminate his contract now, to be honest with you. And who signed him for forty million? Who was the manager at the time? Uh, oh my god, I can't. Was it? I think it might have been Sarri. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It's Sarri's choice. Oh. It was. I think it was the. Was that the window where we signed Bakayoko, Drink Water? Oh Christ! There was. I can't fully remember. There was. There was one window that. Chelsea fans will always look on, um, I say fondly, the opposite. Um, absolutely dreadful. And uh, the 2017 uh, window where it was, it was like we did it all on deadline day, um, and it was just the worst transfer window you've ever seen. I think it was that might have been the one where we signed Baba Brahman as well. You know, basically none of the players um, are in the team now. Let's say that much, but they're still around. Um, cheating a living um, off the club. So, you know, the, again, this is where I'm hoping um, that actually things will, uh, you know, things will change for the club going forward, hopefully. <laughs> I think you've just given me a great podcast idea. I think we really need to get the guys together to, to round up their best and worst transfer windows that the club's had. And we could do a little round table therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I've just. I've just double checked. It was it was actually Conte who was manager at the time. So it was the same summer, according to, to transfermarket.co.uk, where we let Diego Costa go over text, whatever yeah. it was. Matic went to United. We let we let Ake go to Bournemouth, um, and we bought in, God, Morata, Bakayoko, drink water, Zappa Costa, Jesus, Bar- <laughs> Barkley. So, you know, no player that's made it... I mean, whatever happened with Murata, we we got our money back for him. And then we bought Giroud in, in that January. So, you know, I'm not... That that was a good signing, but the rest of them were... were that was a terrible summer. Mar, Mar, yeah, Marina had a bad season that year. Yeah, um, that's a bad year. But, you know, Marina, she's a... She has proven that. If, I think if she gets 35 million for Abraham, I think she has proven she can at least get... <laughs> she can she can sell players for good money. Um, Not quite as good as Morata's agent. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Transfer fees. Um, well, Ryan, that's that's your season. Um, as you say, title contenders. Uh, I, if you sign Lukaku, definitely, I couldn't agree more. Um, but apart from that, and in the nicest way possible, I hope you have an absolute horrendous season. <laughs> uh, I hope he's crashing burn took a leaves in in October and. Frank Lampard and John Terry are your joint managers. Again. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd be buzzing for Frank and John Terry to be. Of course, 
I absolutely love it. And the, the, the thing about Tuchel is, he's always he's had a bit of a history for with with clashing with board members. So there is, you know, with Chelsea Football Club, there's always an option for drama. Probably not this season, but the season afterwards, yeah, there yeah. might be a bit of fireworks. Yeah, but yeah, perfect. Thank you very much for jumping on and joining me, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. Of course. Do you want to let everybody know where they can find you? I'd say what you're working on, but I've got you here today. That's we're pushing it now. Yeah, nothing. Um, you know, I, I you know, at the start of the pod, you said semi-regular. It's a new season. You know, I've I've been, let's just say, I've been injured over the past season. You know, not many, not many appearances. Yeah. Uh, but I'm back to full fitness, so I'm hoping to be, you know, making some more appearances this season. Um, they can find me on Twitter at the Ryan Goodman. Yep, um, and you're always welcome on the on the Sunday review show with, with myself and Dave and Simon. So we will we will get you back to fitness again, ready to record back to podcasting full time in the in any time possible. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms. You can find us anywhere you can download a podcast. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, do whatever you can to help promote us. Please interact with us on Twitter. You can get me at AliThompson84 as well. Ryan gave you his, and all all the guys on Man in the Post are always tweeting about tagging in the show. So just give us a wee message, anything you want to hear, anything you want to talk about, we're always interacting. But once again, Ryan, thank you very much for joining me. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. And always remember, keep your Man in the Post. (laughs) 